Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates. It's a podcast about dating. <laughs> I'm and sorry, stuff. I hate myself. No, you don't <laughs> even say it. Every week, here we are dating. Well, not dating. Neither of us, and potentially not you, because we're, we're inside. We're inside. Uh, and you know, Liza. While we're on that note, real, real quick, I'm just going to remind us how important it is to stay inside. I understand the country's opening up. I too have been. You know, I went to an outdoor seating I was the only person there me and date 13 who's here in California now but we had a drink outside and it felt totally safe but now that cases are spiking I'm just like no 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 more of that that it's not good enough it's not worth it for me and I I don't know that's my high horse completely and you know put your mask on I know it's like like I we we have a friend who's in Wisconsin and she was was it on her birthday Zoom? She was saying, like, wearing a mask feels like a political statement. Yeah. Yep. And I know that's the case in a lot of places in the country. I'm feeling really lucky to be in New York where, like, 90% of people are wearing masks that I see out and about. But put your put your face condom on. It is good for you and other people. Face condoms. Yes. 2020, <laughs> the year of the face condoms. That is Keep the dating trend clean. we didn't <laughs> predict. <laughs> like, truly. Uh, uh, it's good, though, because then you don't breathe on people and yeah. it's good and, and you I, just, I like it <laughs> I like it I like it I like I'm it ready to adopt it yeah I, I'm fine with it I, I want I have to find the perfect mask for me that's just where I'm at now because yeah. I have a cloth one that like looks cuter but is really hard to breathe through and then I have a more intense one that looks it's like not an N95 at all but it looks like it's like white it looks medical and it's easier to breathe through, but sometimes I breathe my own breath in it, and it's so ugly on me. I, I need an in-between. Yeah. The own breath, the breathing your own breath thing is a very real thing. I uh, I made a, an extremely garlic. I cook with – my rule about cooking with garlic is that whatever the recipe says, I double it, at least, the amount of garlic, because I love garlic. So I made <laughs> something extremely garlicky the other day and immediately put my mask on to take the dog out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pass out from garlic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a thing. The breath. The breath. It's, it's you know, it's a really good, you know, forever, even when things go back to normal before a date, one can just be like, I'm going to pop my old mask on from that 2020 year of hell yes. and see what my breath smells like. Give it a test. Gross. Anyways, if you're new here, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> garlic breath, masks, garlic, face garlic. condoms. This is kind of what we're all about. If you've been here... Um, and sorry, just also just I feel like we were taking that lightly. I am, you know, especially for anyone out there who's still dealing with COVID, like a loved one being ill or something, um, you know, we are sorry to take it lightly as well. But it's it's a thing. I don't know. You know, Liza, I'm trying. Well, I don't think either of us take it lightly. I think that we're allowed to make some jokes about it because you and I have both been maybe this is letting us off the hook. We've both been really responsible about like being extremely in our apartments and homes and uh and masking and stuff yeah that's true actually so two friends um I just graduated from a business school program I see how I never want to say that because I got called out on it once I'm like I just graduated from a grad school program but um for that graduation, some friends who had done a roast um, at bar nights that we used to have, you know, before COVID, they did a roast of a bunch of our friends. And my roast was about how seriously I took COVID at the beginning <laughs> and how paranoid I was. So, like, Well, you, I mean, you know. that's the thing because because you're a – I still consider you a New Yorker and I'm a New Yorker Thank and you. watching the spikes happen here and our friends and family get really sick and people's parents die and grandparents yep. die and like yeah I, I was from the beginning like I'm not fucking around with this this yeah. is scary and I think that that people with a connection to New York I I feel like all of my New York friends are bull- constantly bullying their parents about it myself included sorry mom and dad um, but it's because it was very scary here. Yeah. Anyway. I think <laughs> because also, no, my last thought is just like we all have parents who are 
within the age range that is most susceptible. And I lost my mom to breast cancer. And I think about when she was on chemo and I don't know. It just is very – it's – yeah. It was easy for I think a lot of millennials to take it seriously just based on like our proximity. I hope we're still yeah. taking it seriously um, to those most afflicted. However, okay, welcome. Thank you for being here. <laughs> so many things. We are going to run down what today's episode is going to be. Liza, what are we going to start with? We are doing a Kimmy and Liza solo extravaganza. We haven't done one in a while. We had some good um, listener questions in the secret Facebook group and listener discussion we want to talk about. We have a fun worst first date. We want to just kind of do a little bit of a of a potpourri episode. And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to not have to get my shit together and talk to a, human, a guest. So I have to sound – I don't even sound smart for guests, but, you know, we, I try. We try. Um, and we're – we, you know, our guests – you know, we've had such good feedback from our recent guests, the Dateable Girls, Demona Hoffman, you know, check those episodes out. Hannah from last week as well. Yeah. Just like great, great, um, very – great experts um today we're also just going to do like kind of a greatest hits of dating advice we're not sampling old episodes or maybe greatest hits is wrong but just great dating advice we're going to talk about the great pieces of dating advice we've consumed we've heard we've sought out or seen recently um we're going to just try to bring together a lot of different awesome perspectives and takes on dating that we think are helpful uh we're also going to answer a listener question about dating with some dating someone who may or may not be on the same page with you about kids uh and we have a worst first for the first time in a long time yeah we really have not been on top of reading them but we love getting them so i'll do this now so you can email us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com or message us on instagram at 51firstdatespod um our if you want to send a worst first or you want to reach out or just chat we like talking um and if you uh, – our listener question today was submitted in the – or submitted, posted in the secret Facebook group. So please join our secret Facebook group. It's a really lovely community filled with nice people. And there is – I mean, honestly, I am shocked at the lack of negativity or bummerness. It makes me very proud that you guys are our listeners because I, I think you're all very good people. Yeah. Um, so please join the secret Facebook group. Also – okay, well, we'll do – we're going to get into all that. We're going to do a quick content consumption corner this all strings together because i'm also going to plug our patreon really quick um you've heard us talking about it before but we're recapping rom-coms and dating lightly dating themed tv so we're doing dating around this week we have dating around season two episodes two and three which are there is so much to talk about in just those two episodes holy shit i feel like it's like the high and the low happen and i won't I tell mean, you which bonkers. yeah it's just there there it's it's two good ones for those of you who haven't or have been watching we're going to be recapping ben ben why ben. did that sound weird and diva yeah i mean like truly i think i haven't watched the rest of the season yet because i'm just watching along as we recap but i'm like can it get more talk aboutable than this like i feel like yeah these two episodes are i had every range i watched them right in a row and so in that one hour of watching tv i had every feeling that i've ever had so really excited to talk about that and you can check out our patreon and the cool thing about our patreon i'm sorry i will stop doing this shortly the cool thing about our patreon is that we are donating the first 500 dollars we make to feeding america um you know, we're doing a lot of uh, trying to, like, really mobilize our platform to raise a lot of money for a lot of good causes. We've been, you know, we did a um, donation match of $1,500 to several organizations related to trying to dismantle white supremacy. Um, and we're really proud of that. So we, with our donation match, raised $3,000 for those. We're still working with feeding, working on trying to make donations to Feeding America because there's still so much food insecurity in the midst of COVID in America. And so, yeah, you can get bonus content and make a donation to Feeding America, which I feel like is a really cool thing. You don't even have to listen to the content. If you've been feeling like donating, it's a great way to do it. Yeah, and Patreon doesn't have, just for those of you who are like, what, what? Um, we, we yeah, we decided on Feeding America at the beginning of COVID um, because that's kind of our white ignorance in a way. I think, it, I think Feeding America helps marginalized communities, but have since, you know, 
thought about other causes, especially related to Black Lives Matter, that are very important. And we've, you know, I, I would just say like the donations don't go directly through Patreon. We basically match you. So if, if for you, you're like, I don't want to donate to Feeding America, even though it's such a good cause. But this other thing matters a lot to me. I mean, just email us. We can figure something out as well. Yeah, we'll match your Patreon donation yeah, to, to whatever, uh, you know, a cause that you feels important to you. Not Donald Trump. Just, just yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> off the table. Off the table. Uh, <laughs> but the good thing is I forgot what I was going to say. But we will and we'll also post, um, you know, when we do hit that $500 mark Feeding America, we'll post the receipts in Patreon so you know we're not... <laughs> Yeah, it's a small but mighty effort. You guys like yeah, crushed the fifteen hundred dollars, which was yeah. amazing. And then we're like, "Hey, Patreon!" But hey, it's, it's okay. Us. It's it's more just like we can donate some more. So and we like it's been really fun for us to make that content. Um, we also have started our rom com recaps. So we did. He's just not that into you, and we did a live watch along, and nobody really thought that was so great, but nobody hated but it. We, so we loved might it. Do it. <laughs> And some some ideas I have, you know, for the next rom-com. I'm just going to throw some out there. Please, you could even, oh, you could rate, subscribe, review, and just comment which one you'd like us to do on the Patreon. You could join the Patreon and churn right out of it. Like, leave it. I'm fine with that. Eliza, I was thinking about Hitch. I was thinking about Bend It Like Beckham. I was thinking about Love and Basketball. Uh, ooh, wait, we also have to do 50 First Dates. 50 First Dates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sh- I feel like that should be the next one, and then we'll do yeah, Another. then we will branch out. Yeah, let's like tear apart Fifty First Dates, and then we'll do some like actual good rom coms too. Is that is but Fifty also, First yes. Dates good? I don't think so. Okay, it's not <laughs> good. It's not good. It's not right. I don't remember it uh, no, at all. It's not good. Um, you know what? Actually, let's not do Fifty First Dates because I am fairly sure uh, uh there's some problematic stuff in there. Oh, regarding oh. Rob Schneider playing. Uh, a native Hawaiian human. Oh, yeah. So let's not. Let's okay, not let's give them our it. money. Let's do something better. Okay, cool. Um, um, <laughs> great. Let us know what you like of those. Uh, I mean, let us know other ones you'd like to do. Yeah. Okay. That's the shebang. That's the now, shebang. really quick, content consumption. We'll do this so fast because we've already been... <laughs> Whatever. This is the fun of these episodes for me as we get to hang out and chat. Mm-hmm. Um. So, okay, I have not been consuming a lot of new content. I'm still reading The Water Dancer, which I super, super highly recommend by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And I am rewatching Mad Men from the beginning with Jeff because he's never seen it. And wow, that is well-made, beautiful television. Uh, but it's not exciting to talk about. It's the whitest TV on earth. It's the whitest TV on earth. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I'm not shaming you. I watched rewatch it this year. It's a fucking incredible show. But like, yeah, it's like it, it's really interesting. Anyway, enough time. So I done that. Sorry. <laughs> but OK, can I tell you my most embarrassing? This is not content consumption, but I was telling you before we got on, like, I think I'm finally tired of TV. Like, I never thought it was going to be possible, but I've just been watching so much TV in quarantine and just sucking down episodes of like Survivor, 90 Day Fiance, like just like, but just pouring it into my brain um so i started <laughs> this is so embarrassing i started doing needlepoint <laughs> it's just not embarrassing this is this was the goal we set out when we started this podcast we wanted a needlepoint present you know when people needlepoint yeah. their favorite podcast? and someone yes. offered to, someone did offer to send us one but yeah. liza now we we are fulfilling what we we are achieving our goals <laughs> truly i i so i, I like if my sister got me one got me a kit for my birthday which was in may that says have a nice poop because i talk about pooping all like constantly every day i can't uh keep it to myself so i was like oh this is fun i'll do this so i made the have a nice poop one and i'm making a new one that is a ring of flowers that says fresh out of fucks in the middle (laughs) fucking gorgeous you know this is the time you know it's really fulfilling a deep need for me to do something that is not watch TV. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I like it. Should we start an Etsy? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I highly recommend to anyone. Whatever. It's There's something so zen about it. It's so... I've been like putting on music or an audiobook and just like... It's so mellow. Having a drink, smoking a little bit of weed, whatever. And just like... It's great. I love it. Liza, I... I think that like 
I need a, ho- a hobby like that. I don't know if I would get frustrating with, frustrated with needlepoint. I don't know. I think I could do it. I'm thinking out loud here. I'm boring everyone. I'm thinking about the games I play on my phone and how I could be stringing a thing through another thing with that time, you know, and probably feeling- That's the thing is like, oh, there was a part of me that was like, I need something that's not screen connected at all. Only not because I am have superiority about screen time. I don't. It's because it's lit. <laughs> a previous podcast guest, Alyssa Lynn Paris, had the most amazing tweet about this this week and I'm going to misquote it but it was like 8 a.m. to noon stare at little screen noon to Mm -hmm. 8 to 7 p.m. stare at medium screen 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. stare at big screen and and then it was like you know whatever midnight to 4 a.m. wonder why you can't sleep or something it was so it it was so funny but that's exactly it's like all I've been doing is looking at screen so I picking it up and having something that wasn't a screen has been deeply satisfying I like that. I I told Liza I mostly the content I have been consuming is like looking at apartment listings on Zillow and apartments.com and that's hell. But stressful. Um yeah, stressful cuz I'm going to officially finally move in with day 13. He has made it to Cali. He quarantined himself. We are covid free. We got tested and we are together. It's great. Wow. So but like apartment hunting just close um uh but other than that i mean i'm gonna this is a piece of content that has been recommended to me through podcasts i listen to and i think is great to watch it is the end of pride month is disclosure on netflix okay so this is me setting a goal for myself again but disclosure on netflix the documentary documentary (laughs) documentary (laughs) um transgender you know people and how they're depicted in the media. I've heard it's so good. I've seen some great clips of Laverne Cox, um, you know, posted on Instagram and I have not watched yet, but I, I'm just going to recommend that in faith that it will make me watch it and perhaps some of you will check it out as well. Yeah, it's a great uh, pride watch too. If you're wanting to do something while we uh are in New York at least unable to celebrate Pride in the way we normally would this weekend? It's we're recording this on Sunday. This weekend would have been Pride weekend, which is like a huge, huge, massive deal in New York. I'm sorry if you hear um, doom happening all around me. There is like a very loud thunderstorm happening. Wow! Uh, usually I can. Uh, there hear... is just such a big boom of thunder. Ooh, it was really loud because usually I can't hear anything from like your background. You'll be like, "There's a siren," I'm like, "I don't hear it," but I just heard that. That was ooh, yeah. spooky. It's really loud. There's lightning and thunder. It's kind of fun. I, lo- I love thunder storms. But uh, yeah, I feel like it's a good Pride watch. I'm gonna watch that. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Yeah, same. I was just thinking that. Um, a nice Sunday night watch. Totally. I'm also all about right now watching things to celebrate things I normally would be celebrating. Like Jeff and I were like, okay, 4th of July, we're watching Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Like we can't, you know, we can't do anything. So Speaking we're going to like have a little apartment barbecue and make, make you know, barbecue food in our tiny kitchen and watch Hamilton. That's very cute. And also, <laughs> wait, I don't, I'm trying to figure out when this comes out, Beyonce's new visual album that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Black is uh, King. Uh, Looks um, amazing. That that dropped today. Check out yeah. the trailer for that. Or the also, like, preview. saying that Lemonade changed my life is, like, cheesy, but truly it's, like, was my favorite film of the year that it came out. Yeah, it melted my brain how good it was. Uh, Yeah, Um, that was a nice little. Yeah, I'm just thinking like July has Disney Plus. I may be subscribing to you this July. Okay, if you're new here, you're like, I thought this was about dating. It is. But during quarantine, we like to give some, you know, content recommendations, even when we haven't seen things. That is spooky. I feel like that's crazy, right? Yeah, it's like it's really loud. True haunted castle. I've you know I finished it now. Jumps. What we do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. I hope my dog is okay. She's not in here, but I think Jeff has her. That's very um, She's deaf. She's going deaf, so she may not be able to hear. Anyway, um, what do we want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, our worst first, or do we want to save that? Let's save that for the end. The end, like we do. Yeah, we'll yes. do that at the end. Let's start with a listener question, and then we'll get into the great dating advice. How do you feel about that, Liza? Perfect. Love we're it. super organized. We always discuss what we're going to talk about and in what order before we hop on the mic. Okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for being here and letting us, indulging us. Um, okay. So. So should uncertainty about having kids be an early deal breaker? That is kind of the TLDR of this written by our lovely listener who posted this in the secret Facebook group. This is a man. 
also. So I just, I mean, when we talk about kids, I feel like that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some context. I'm days away from finally me- meeting someone I've been talking to for over four months. Right before lockdown started, I connected with someone over an online group. We had a lot of shared interests and eventually started pursuing each other romantically. Despite being states away, I've grown really close to her and she has been a light throughout this turbulent year. We text each other every day and we've shared many Zoom dates and FaceTime calls. This weekend, we will finally safely meet and spend the weekend together in person as a sort of test to th- see where things should go because we have yet to define the relationship. So this is like IRL. Sorry, I'm jumping in. This is IRL, what we've been talking about eventually happening, you know, meeting up. Up and until this point, I felt comfortable and fully prepared to enter into a long distance relationship with her. However, in caps, we recently got into an unintentional conversation about children. Wow. The thunder boom, if you could hear it, was perfect there. Children. It's making it sound (laughs) extremely dramatic. Um, I offhandedly mentioned how I daydream a lot about my future and what it looks like, and I mentioned that I have kids in my ideal future scenario. It turned into a conversation about the ethics of having kids, suffering, and depression. She felt comfortable divulging her personal struggles and really opened up. Ultimately, she told me she thinks kids are cute and likes the idea of them, but doesn't feel like she could bring life into the world knowing they might, would, suffer. I could tell from her tears by the end she was really torn and heartbroken over the subject. I didn't really press the issue thereafter, especially since we hadn't even met and we weren't even in a relationship but it's been nipping at my mind ever since I really want kids not anytime soon definitely but it's always been something I've envisioned for my future self and I don't think I could see myself getting serious with someone who didn't also want them I'm really torn over whether or not I should bring it up again or even potentially break things off now it feels wrong for the topic of whether or not to have kids to come up this early and possibly end this connection we've made through these troubled months. We're both really young, 23 and 20 respectively, and I don't even imagine being in a place where I'd have kids until 28 or 29 at the very earliest. But I feel like if we have different views on this topic now, why bother going further when it would inevitably end? Especially since this would be long distance, a long distance relationship for much of the foreseeable future as we both have at least a year left at our respective universities and we're both planning on pursuing PhDs. In different fields that may fields that may take us apart indefinitely. Should I let this be a deal breaker when we are so young and so early in what could be a great relationship? And then I think I accidentally didn't paste it, but it was like, sorry, this was a novel. But like, can I just sorry? I know I just read it, so Liza, I want your take. But it was such a good novel. I feel like I have the context. Yeah. Like honestly, Completely. this yeah. Also, also, like you are smart. You're gonna hear PhD. You're thinking about dating. I'm, yeah, I am so. Uh, I think I think you're great. Also, we love shitting on men on this podcast, and this is an incredibly sensitive, articulate, emotionally available man that you know yeah, poses great. Blush. You guys come around and prove so, us wrong. Yeah. Um, no, but I just wanted to just acknowledge that we're usually assholes. Um, yeah. No, this is such a relatable question too, Liza. I know we both have thoughts on yeah. this, like personal thoughts, but also like larger thoughts. And I do Completely. think it's super interesting, especially with age involved. So yeah, tell me what you think. Oh, man. So this is definitely a subject I could talk about for probably like two hours and not even say anything decisive because I have so many thoughts about it. So my but but just my TLDR is I think it's still worth exploring the connection. I I think that connection it like this and you said like she's been what, what your words were like she's been a light in this difficult time. Like I feel like someone that you feel that way about is worth at least like really giving a chance to and getting to know and um i mean this is where i'll I'll get personal briefly and i'm sorry if it's annoying but like i am very i'm 32 i'm extremely undecided about having kids which i you know at 24 felt normal and at 32 it feels like a little bit scary to not to really not know if i want kids or not um and my partner also doesn't really know it's like a really big question mark in our relationship and like a big it's a big stressor for me he doesn't seem so stressed about it uh well i know why i know i i know why because of biology yeah (laughs) Yeah, biology uh but um i i think that to feel like you're in it together with someone figuring those things out can actually really be like a beautiful special thing in a relationship and I think at your age too like 
so many things can happen. People's minds will change in every variety of different ways. So I think I would say it's probably just too early for you to be ruling anyone out based on like big life decisions when there's so many question marks ahead of you. You're going to be getting your PhD. You're going to be long distance, like all of this stuff. I feel like following the connection and trying to find someone who makes you happy and lights you up is the most important thing. And then decisions like that become like this thing that you build together. And that's really special. Yeah, 100%. Liza, so well put. I agree. My TLDR is also, you know, no, I don't think you should let this be a deal breaker. A, because of your ages. And then B, because of like the stage of relationship this is in. Because there may be other deal breakers that come up. Though I completely understand why you're asking this question. I also don't think you should let it be a deal breaker because you sound incredibly emotionally mature and you will spot the moments uh, like I, I, I don't worry about you letting something continue on for like you know what I guess if you're if you're the one who's 23 like and you're waiting till 28 or 28 I, I don't let you I don't see you if this works out perfectly and you're in long distance and then your PhD long distance I don't see you like letting this go to the side. I see you being responsible about talking about it again. So I don't think this should be a deal breaker. That said to like Liza's point, it's so tricky. Um, I admire how this listener knows what he wants. My partner knows that he wants a child. Um, For me, we've had lots of conversations about that because for me – And I often am like, well, it's my body and my timeline is different than yours. And it's just – it's trickier. I want a kid someday, but like do I want a kid in time to have one? And I know there's adoption and other ways to have families and children, but it's – I don't know. It's really scary. Um, I guess I also – this is a side note, but it's really pretty cool to me that you are able to be this open with each other um, given the way that you met. I don't know. I'm – like it's that's getting into the deep stuff is really cool like we were like oh maybe we're just lying that like these quarantine relationships could turn into something more but like it this feels like no there is the level of intimacy you can have you know starting from an online place yeah yeah it's full on love is blind season two (laughs) welcome to love is blind season two we're doing it yeah um I will say, and this is kind of disagreeing with what I just said, but I also do know that it is like a a known problem that women who say they don't want children are often told, like, well, you'll change your mind. Like, that is a problem. Um, It annoys a lot of people. It's annoyed me in the past when I've expressed ambivalence and people have been like oh you'll want to have kids i've been Mm -hmm. like don't fucking tell me but i'm saying that she i'm saying that she seems to have ambivalence it doesn't seem like she's solidly in the no category let me i'm just reading it again she told me she thinks kids are cute likes the idea of them doesn't feel like she could bring life to the world knowing they might would suffer you know i i really get that sentiment and um i think it's really again shows speaks to her emotional maturity too but i feel like if there's ambivalence there it merits further exploration potentially as a couple yeah well put liza i said it again and i'll keep saying it thank you for being the articulate one on this podcast i am not i I, if if i can if i'm allowed to speak for like seven minutes i will get somewhere eventually but that does not (laughs) an articulate person make (laughs) i disagree no, no self-deprecation. We get our fair share of emails about that. And now I'm going to be one of those emails. Oh, um, no. I know we're so self-deprecating. <laughs> but oh. also, sometimes we really need to be. Um, <laughs> no, I guess, I, yeah. TLDR, I think, like, this is how, I think your specific situation, this should not be a deal breaker. I think if we're, ta- let's say you were 28 or 29 and you know you want to have kids, you're not intent on having them in the next year but like you're literally at the age where you would consider it after you know taking the steps you want to in your relationship then that's where this conversation I think gets a lot harder and you have to be really honest with yourself and with your partner and not make compromises but not be closed-minded that's my own personal experience uh it's which is especially hard if you're not sure about kids it's like I don't want to put my body through that because I'm a selfish biatch I don't know if I want them again on a timeline that my body could have them 
I don't know what kind of financial place I want to be in to have them. But I'm not anti-having them. And I think, I don't know. For me, it was like I didn't, I wasn't necessarily going to seek out a relationship to eventually be able to have kids. But with the right person, could I see myself having kids? Yes. Do you know? Yeah. But I guess, I guess all of, even me, just listen, listen to me and know that like it's really important if you're closer to the age where you want to have kids to be really clear with your partner. And it's like the most painful, I imagine, deal breaker at that point. But yeah. I mean, that breaks I mean, relationships apart all of the time. I like the engagements are kind of similar. Well, not engagements, I guess marriages, like people who just don't want to get married or don't want to have kids, but then they say they do and then they don't. Yeah. It, it never works out long term. Happiness yeah. wise. But it's funny because I feel like, I mean, we've talked about this before, like, or have we? Maybe not. But I feel like I can even see compromising on getting married. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, you live together, you're sharing your life, you've been together a certain amount of years. Like, marriage doesn't feel like a huge difference. Like, I don't think my life will feel differently when I'm married. But kids, I think, are something like you kind of don't compromise on. No, they, it changes everything about your life. Yeah. My fear around kids is like they don't, you have them and they don't go away. It's not like I have a baby for a while, I know they're 18, they move out, whatever. You worry about them every single day of your life. And I am like, am I too narcissistic to worry about another human to that level? Could I I, I don't think you are, but I have the same fear. I think yeah. a lot of people have that fear. But ultimately, I, even though I'm saying like you don't – I don't think you compromise, I do think that if you're really in love – and this is – I mean, I'm saying this because it's how it feels to me in my relationship – if you're really in love, like it's a it's a decision you make together based on the life you're trying to build together. And that comes from love like it, it stems. It starts with the connection relationship you have with another human. And then it's a decision born out of that. No pun intended. Um, and that, I think, is something that I I really I think can be a really like beautiful, special thing. Also, this is that a real time. Cheesy. This is a real time thing um I missed this in my dms but I just read the top hey you can totally talk about my post because we ask if you post in the secret facebook group we ask he also said do you want an update so I'm gonna say yes and then maybe we can get an update (gasps) oh my god sorry now I'm typing okay this is bad bad podcast (laughs) no I love it that's great this is actually perfect timing because we'll take an ad break and then we're gonna be back with our 10 pieces of dating advice and then maybe we'll have an update by the end of that stay tuned Okay, we are back. We just had a little, you know, if there is an update from our listener, I will certainly interrupt this podcast to let us know. Uh, but we were just having but a also, little... Oh, sorry. Oh, I totally yeah. interrupt you. Go, go, go. No, I was just saying we were having a love fest about Gen Z. And I think a good portion of our listeners are Gen Z. So I yeah. just, I think Gen Z is going to change the world. We're old ass millennials. Anyway, anyway. And I was, we were having a love fest about our listeners because the comments on this mm. post we were talking about are just so smart and thoughtful and they're really all over the map in terms of like opinion um which is fair on a really complicated subject yeah uh but i I just am continually impressed by how yeah like i said smart intuitive kind and like yeah everybody in our group is it's just i want to hug everybody yeah if we didn't have this group i don't know if we would have kept the podcast going as long yeah because truly we've had some success but it's not you know we're not Joe Rogan, thank God. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. ever real. <laughs> Love hating on that man. Um. Anyway. 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 Okay, we're gonna do our our advice. So, like Kimmy said, these are we're gonna do like ten pieces of dating advice that we've culled from the internet. Things people have said to us. Things Kimmy learned dating. Things I learned dating. We're gonna keep them short and poppy. We each did five. Uh, although I sort I, full of disclosure. Did five. I did four, I did and four. I'm just hoping that a fifth one. I'm like, I know a fifth one is gonna like nothing else good came to my head, so I was like, I'm gonna just assume it will come to my head while we're talking. Maybe um, it's eight, maybe it's ten, maybe it's eight, maybe it's ten. But it's more just like great dating advice that we're feeling in this moment. We want to share those things that you come across on whatever feed, not just like an Instagram meme, but like you're reading something, you're listening to a podcast. Little tidbits. They're not all gonna be quotes or anything, but I and I also think like some of mine. I just kind of, you know, freestyled and was like sourcing things. So I will link to anything I mentioned that I think you should read in full. Um, yeah. Amazing. 
I wonder how much overlap we're going to have. Probably a little. I No, I really struggled on this. So mine are kind of more things that I've called more recently or seen or people I've liked following more recently and then kind of, you know, it's not – mine won't be as concrete as I would have liked them to be. We can do, you know, this is just great dating advice for 2020 and beyond for your great. entire life, you know. Amazing. Do you want to go first? Do you go first? No, I don't want to go first. Okay. <laughs> I can go first. All right. Ready? Here's my number one. And I actually think this is my number one. I mean, mine are not in like order of importance. Oh, I was like, this, this might be my number one. Uh, it's not you, boo. It's not you, boo. Meaning like, this is, I feel like the biggest takeaway you learned from your experiment is it's like so rarely personal. Anything that happens, like, I feel like it's it makes you such a powerful dater to realize that it it doesn't have anything to do with your worth if you get rejected it, or, or anything. Like, it's just it what he it, they were not the right person for you. And yeah, that's it. It's true. And it was it took me so long to figure that out um, that that will lead me to now. I don't want to – we could talk about that more, Eliza. But I no, want to kind of – I want to share – I'll share the title of this article. It's an older modern love article. Sometimes it's not you or the math. So it's kind of related. So this is an article by Sarah Eckel in the New York Times um, for Modern Love. It's from 2011. I remember reading it a long time ago and I think it spoke to me then and it definitely speaks to me now. She is a woman who at the time was 39 and hadn't had a serious boyfriend in eight years. For reference, that's like if I broke up with day 13 right now, that's me in in eight years, which I think would happen again because I was single basically. I didn't have a serious, serious relationship until 29. When was that? When was – you know, recently, two years ago. Wow, Kimmy, age is tough. Uh, But she tells a story about meeting a man and having – had reactions about you know not being in a relationship for eight years and men telling her but you're beautiful and all the annoying things and just like the I really relate in this modern love column to just the insecurity around the number of years you've been single or like what being single for too long means and this goes right along with like it's not you boo and Liza and the whole part of me going on dates I for me I did not learn this until I went on more dates it was like oh it's not me but also it doesn't really matter. It Like now in my relationship, it didn't really matter. And basically she talks about finally meeting another man and going a month of dating him and not telling him about her relationship history. And I'm trying to scroll to the tiny bit I want to read just because I think it's sweet. So Mark and I dated for a month before I relieved, revealed my shoddy relationship resume. When I did, he shrugged. Lucky for me, he said, all those other guys were idiots. And that was it. To Mark, I was not a problem to solve, a puzzle that needed working out. I was the girl he was falling in love with, just as I was falling in love with him. Six years later, this past June, he and I celebrated our first wedding anniversary. And then she goes into it. I just like, it gives me feelings. It's like, it yeah. actually, that part doesn't matter either. All the uh, the societal reasons you may feel strange about being single or put yourself into relationships you don't want to be into also it doesn't matter with the right person. None of that shit matters. Um, yeah. And you feel it so quickly. Like you're with another human interacting with them and you're like, oh, I'm not worried about your judgment. No way. Yeah. It's just like this crazy thing. And until you feel it, you cannot explain it. <laughs> it's so nuts. And just I'll just add this. I know this is quite long, but. And I'll link to this article in case you guys want to read it. But I also think like for men, it's like I was about to say, I've never thought twice about like when a man's last relationship was unless it was really recently. But I also realized that men, you know, in the heteronormative way of relationships in our culture, like it's cool for them to be single for a long time. It means they're George Clooney. It's their bachelor. So, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but interesting um it doesn't matter your relationship history doesn't matter unless you were a turd to everyone you dated and then you know work on that yes yeah please work on that um that's great I uh, I feel bad that I don't have sources to cite I you did don't my need own them no on. we okay. we didn't as per usual friends we did not do a lot of pre-work in terms of deciding we we researched a little bit but you know 
we didn't decide exactly what we were Googling, doing. I was Googling, like, lists of dating advice and, like, pieces of dating advice. I was on Reddit a little bit looking at people's best dating advice. And I kind of, like, cold and, and like, cross-referenced with your dating during the early mm-hmm. stages of this experiment and did a lot of that. So that's where my references are. Reddit yeah. and Kimmy. No, Reddit and Kimmy. Um, <laughs> Okay, so my number, my my next one is it should be fun. Yes, it should be fun. I feel like that shift from like, it's a chore, it's a thing I should be doing. Like, I've been thinking a lot about how many times a day I tell myself I should be doing something. Like, I'm a big shudder. And uh, it's, it like dating feels like a responsibility that a lot of people don't want to take on or something they have to do to like somehow achieve magical happiness and it it shouldn't be it should be a fun thing like an expit opportunity to interact with a stranger and get mm-hmm. to know them is yeah. fun yeah um i think that was a big it's a difficult thing because i know there are so many parts of dating that are not fun and even are harassing like there's like uh, online dating specifically you know yeah but like when you are with someone in whatever way shape or form who you're I I guess I was in things where like we had fun when we were together and then I had a ball of puke in my stomach for the next week when I was like what's he gonna text me and it's like we've known each other for four plus months I should not be feeling this way you know so that is a I don't know it should be fun yeah I don't know completely Okay. I have one from Karamo Brown because I was like source centered, um, who is, you know, from Queer Eye. And we talked about last episode. And I feel like I understand it's not like the coolest thing to shout out, but I'm obsessed with Karamo. I think he's very hot, but that's besides the point. Um, he's just, I feel like he's the therapist of that relation, of that show. Yeah. They're like culture. It's like, no, therapy. Yes. yes. We talked about this last time. He makes that show. Without him, That I don't think everyone's obsessed with JVN. Of course I am, too. I love all of them. But, like, I, I think that you could potentially replace a lot of the other guys. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The show has its problems, whatever. But I, And this is super cheesy. It's, it's like, from his Instagram. I, I, don't, I found it through an article, and then I read this Instagram post. Anyway, think of your relationship as a bank account. So this is really not – the normal 51 first dates type of dating advice, but I will explain to you what he means. If you withdraw a lot from your relationship, eventually you're going to be in the red. So you constantly need to reinvest. If you withdraw by not communicating, the next time you reinvest, you need to communicate. But you also need to do a little bit more, maybe a romantic gesture. That's how you add to the relationship so it's flourishing and growing. And I think that stands whether you're in a relationship or not. I just like, as cheesy as it kind of sounds, the bank account idea, like an investment. Like even with dating, like I invested time in going on these dates and I know so many of you have gone on them and had different experiences. And I, you know, I think I invested in such a specific way of dating because of therapy and Liza and just and a recent like terrible loss in my life and just, you know, for so many reasons. But I do think investing in this podcast and honestly, you all and Liza and like hearing from people like it. It was a way to invest in just dating um, in a different way. But I also think, like, you know, Karamo's actual advice is really helpful, too, while in a relationship. Totally. Well, I think it's also, like, something you have to keep an eye on, similar to your bank account. You know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. You you should watch it. Like, you should be aware, aware of when you're doing withdrawing too much or when you're when you're in the red, when you're in the green, whatever, when you're... Um, that you're keeping it in, in check and in balance, too. I feel like that's... Yeah very wise um this is this is a quote from reddit too which i was like this is i wish i had written down these redditors names um if they don't ask uh ask questions if they don't ask questions back they're an asshole i was like oh we talk about this a lot yep but it's like so simple if someone does not ask you significant numbers of questions on a date they're an asshole I think that's, like, so cut and dry. No, I I think it's cut and dry as well. And I think that it's a very clear – I don't know. It's it's an easy flag to just look at as a flag. You know, I'm actually – I'm totally – there's a 
good quote about this. But, you know, red flags that you – whose quote is this? Okay. We've talked about it on the podcast. Oh, it's from BoJack Horseman. It is from BoJack Horseman. Yes, 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 yes. Um, rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. Yes, yes. That, that. It's – it's a – it's even tricky to call it a red flag, just not asking questions. But I think it is truly a red flag. It's not even a a, a light orange or a deep orange flag. It's a red flag yeah. because it, it suggests that this person is not interested in getting to know you. And that is the first step in dating. It, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that also so many times people who are really charming – don't ask a lot of questions like people who are a lot of people get away like are extremely charismatic and able to carry off a lot of like bad behavior because they're really charismatic and charming Mm -hmm. and I myself have gotten really caught up in people in early dating because I'm like oh my god they're so funny they're so this they're so that they're so smart they're so worldly they're so well-traveled and then I'm like Oh, like they just talk about themselves. Like it takes a it takes a second to be like, oh, I know all this because they didn't take the time to get to know me. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, it it's wild how I think that every date I've ever gone on in my life on this podcast or otherwise that the rule of people who ask questions were ultimately better dates or like more genuine humans um, held. I I think I don't have the data, but you know. Uh, okay. This one is, I think we've kind of touched on it. I thought it would feel like something I hadn't touched on as much, but like when you're tired of dating, do something different. And we preach that all of the time in this podcast, but I was actually thinking of something Liza and I both consumed a long time ago called 40 Days of Dating. Um, Liza, do you remember this? Oh my God. Yeah. Two artists, Jessica Walsh and Timothy Goodman, who were friends in New York. This was like, I thought they were the coolest fucking humans on the planet. So trendy. Um, the actual premise of what they did is like when you're tired of the prospect of dating, like two good friends with opposite relationship problems found themselves single at the same time as an experiment. They dated for 40 days. I don't think we give this enough credit. For its inspiration of 50 first date, 50, 51 first dates. Like, I don't think it directly did, but I think subconsciously, like, seeing this, Liza, was very, at least for me, like, oh, do a project around dating if you're a somewhat creative person and it can feel they had these amazing illustrations that went with it. I think they got a movie deal, though. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, completely. But I think even if you're not someone who wants to, like, create stuff and put it on the internet, start a journal start a start a you know whatever anything anything that's like a a spreadsheet we we have people like who have written in who are like I'm very analytically minded and this is more helpful and like whatever like start something because it does it does help I think mm-hmm. very smart okay um this is another one that I think is important uh watch how they treat waiters cab drivers and bartenders yeah very I think it shows real. a lot. Yep. Yeah. I agree. It is an early way to catch those red flags. Yeah. It's how, how are you – because, okay, if you're going to be real shallow about it, it's even like how am I going to look when I'm out with you going forward? Sorry. That's the base yeah. level if you want to be selfish about it. But no, it's how do you care about the world and others around you? It's just – it's such a bad look. It demonstrate. it tells me that you're not compassionate or empathetic about other people's livelihoods struggles or even just like days how their day went you know I don't know yeah it just shows that you don't that you classify people in your head it's just like I think a lot of people operate under this assumption that there's people who are like that don't matter as much and that's so fucked up and I've seen it so much more than I would like to admit and being nice to someone who, where where there's no direct benefit to you is, I think, like a clear mark of a good human. Like being nice to someone when it doesn't gain you anything, like that to me distinguishes um, like nice, compassionate people from shitty, assholey people. And then this is my last one. It's not from a source at all. Um, it's just listen to your friends. But really listen to them. So I think I personally have struggled in dating 
I guess it's so tricky because I'm like, no one could have talked me out of the holes I was in, but I was in those holes. But listen, even if you're not changing your feelings, like let's say you're in a shitty situationship and your friends are not being super supportive, listen to those winces they make or those like light, uh, yeah, but like listen to them because they have your best interest in mind and they they will see things more clearly than you will sometimes in those bad yeah. situations. Or just ask them what they think, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just be like, what do you think? Like, tell me, don't, you know, tell me straight. Like, don't spare my feelings. Like, it's, yeah. Um, That's a great one. I thought of, I, I thought of a fifth one. This is not even advice so much as something that I just think it's important to think about. Um, There is this TED Talk that I'm going to Google the name of really quick. It's about being in your 20s. And I've definitely, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. about the decade of your 20s. Um. I've definitely – oh, it's called T- 20 is Not the New 30, uh, and it is by a woman named Meg J. And – or sorry, Why 30 is Not the New 20. I inverted that. Yes. Um, But she talks a lot about dating in your, in your 20s, and as you approach the 30-year mark, she talks about dating being kind of like musical chairs, and a lot of people – get married to the person they're quote unquote sitting down with when all of their friends get married. Um, Like as soon as, as soon as those fucking save the dates start piling up on your fridge Mm -hmm. and you're dating someone seriously, you're like, okay, this is the person. And I just think it's really important to think about that and always be considering why you are dating someone. And just to remember that being single is more fulfilling than being in an unhappy relationship, even if it feels counterintuitive to you. That's like anti-dating advice. That's like don't date. Yeah. I've said this a bunch recently, but that fine. My fifth made up one is being single is just as good as being in a relationship. And that's no knock to my partner. I'm just this the magic key I was told this would unlock. It is fucking fabulous. But being single is so important. And, you know, we're all the same level of human and no matter what our relationship status is that shouldn't change things and unfortunately in the society it feels like it does but it doesn't like life has the same issues new issues even um yeah I I know that sounds very shitty like I don't love being in love but I love being in love that I feel is real and still a challenge like as opposed to previous like non-love for something, you know, shoehorn a relationship to use Liza's word, um, things that I was in. That was just, I just should have enjoyed my time being single without like pining over not having a relationship for the sake of having a relationship. Like, I, yeah. if I could go back and just like inject that w- into my brain, I, uh, I would have had a much well, more peaceful 20s. Totally. I really wish someone had taught me that the things you're unhappy about as a single person are it's the same thing as traveling like wherever you go there you are that mm-hmm. philosophy like the, those same things bum you out i'm not gonna i mean it is easier when you have a partner to process them with and someone who loves you a lot like i'm not saying that that isn't like incredibly special and enriching and brings a, a certain kind of happiness for sure it does but when i was in my first really like good relationship which was with jeff I was surprised to be like, oh, I still get really depressed sometimes. I still have no idea what I want to do with my life. I'm still really afraid of the same. Like, for some reason, there is this idea that, you know, a relationship or being in love is this like magical antidote to your problems, which is false. False as fuck. Um, Yeah, it is true. Oh, we did it. We did it. We did our list. Uh, We did it. (laughs) Shall um, do we have an update in our DMs? I don't think we do. It's That's my fine. Fault. We'll it's do it I next week. A no, while no, no. Ago. We'll update. We'll update. We'll certainly update. We'll update next week. It's another reason to come back. Should we do a worst first and then? Yeah, we can do this worst first. I'm going to say it's lengthy, so I'm going to kind of clonk my way through it. It's going to sound a little clumsy, but it's not. I can use your name, Alyssa's writing's fault it's just that I want for the sake of time to make sure I don't take up too much time but okay so this is 
the start. Okay, before I met my boyfriend of a year and a half on Hinge, I was single for about four years and had never been in a serious relationship. After college, I lived in five states in four years, so I spent a lot of time in the apps, but hadn't gone on many dates until I moved to Philly, and I knew absolutely no one. I committed to dating and getting to know the city better and went on at least one date a week while I was still learning the city. My unintentional type was guys who were six months out of a four or five, six-year relationship. Same girl sorry <laughs> um it was always six months and they were never ready to commit but they liked me most of, of anyone they've met in the whole year and a half they were single whatever that means or half a year they were single sorry relate as well to that uh the worst date i went on in theory was in theory the most romantic date ever but it turned out to be a total nightmare i was talking to a guy on bumble and had just had a date for the night canceled. He said he was British but didn't have an accent because he moved here when he was really young and I was a sucker for a foreign man. I told him I knew it was short notice but asked if he would be down to go out because my Saturday night had freed up. Uh, a thing that I was doing a lot when doing this podcast. He says it was ironic because he was going to ask me out for Friday night because his night has had also opened up. Oh, but his night had all, Okay, I messed it up. But they're both free. Okay. He was a commercial airline pilot pilot Pete and taught flying lessons to rich old people in a tiny two-seater plane he mentioned his flying less flying lesson had fallen through and asked if I was interested in flying around but no pressure if that was too weird for a first date I pulled my friends and my mom who all said it was the most romantic thing they'd ever heard of so I agreed we could go flying for our first date I figured oh the my god I know <laughs> I know I figured the worst thing that could happen was being unable to escape awkward small talk boy was I wrong it's true like what a small okay Apparently, um, it was a waste of money to fly around. Plane fuel is super expensive and terrible for the environment. Um, that was me. Uh, so this guy, let's call him Sam, decided we would fly in this tiny plane to Richmond, Virginia for dinner and drinks and tells me he, we should be home by 11 or midnight. The wind was insanely strong and the flight in this tiny plane was super scary. I am so impressed. Oh I'm scared. I'm my so God. scared. <laughs> I would have been so freaked out. I would have peed my pants on the first day and then it would have been me. I would oh my be why it was the worst first date. Okay. During the first half of the flight, I couldn't hear what he was saying because there was something wrong with my headphones. Oh, boy. When he finally fixed them, he was able to tell me he was actually 21. Whoa. He had previously said he was 23. I was 24 at the time. How is he a pilot at 21? I don't know. A commercial airline pilot. I'm scared. This is scary. And I know what happens. Um, But it's okay. I mean, she wrote this. Everyone's okay. Um, He asked if that was a deal breaker. I said no, mostly because we were already in a plane. So what choice did I have? He told me he had been engaged before and asked if that was a deal breaker. Like, I'm sorry. However many thousand feet up in the air asking about deal breakers is why. Yeah, that's nope. (laughs) Oh my god. Like what do you what answer do you think you're gonna get, Pilot Pete? I'm gonna call him Pilot Pete. I know. Um he was in the Marines, so okay. Shouldn't he be in the Air Force? No, I don't know how the No. The Marines have pilots. They have pilots. But on top of that, you're in the Marines, so he was in the Marines for a couple years because you can't be a Marine until you're eighteen. How was he I still am like, how was he a pilot and twenty one and he was in the Marines? Anyway. Um He said he had been living in Iowa and everyone there got married super young. Uh, He explained it was a small town. Everyone knew everyone. His ex-fiancee lived right down the street from all of her family members. Maybe his family or whatever. Uh, Again, this is me trying to truncate. This was very well written. He said he realized he didn't want to live there the rest of his life. um, And she did, his fiancee. That's why the engagement ended. Fair enough. Um... He also proceeded to neg me about being a hipster because I'm a photographer. I, it was uncomfortable, but I moved past it. When we landed in Richmond, he started complaining about how much it cost to park the private plane in the hangar. I think I asked if all – he took all the girls on dates like this, and he said, no, this was his first date back in the game. Red flag, she writes. Mm. And the flight had cost him $350. He mentioned this cost repeatedly. Sam got a loaner car from the desk at the hangar and asked me to look up a place to eat. One of the like, I'm gonna fly you to a city, find a place. Uh, one of the first places to pop up was a barcade, and I asked if he was able to have a beer and still fly us home. He said he could have one beer. One is bolded. We get to this barcade. He complains it's hipster. I laugh. He's um, assuming he's joking. He's not. He refuses to go in. Um, whoa, oh my man. god! Oh, he asked you to find a place. Uh, they look for other places. Um, She's like, I don't know a lot about Richmond, but I think it's – I don't think it's a terribly expensive city. But he was, you know, basically complaining a lot about every place she picked was expensive. And he had taken her to Richmond and it was three fifty for the flight. Okay. It's like it was your idea, Ew, man. Okay. Bummer. Oh. And then they finally find a place and he starts asking like really intense questions. He's like, 
including, what do you think of vaping? And then she said, I don't have a strong opinion. And he was like, please give me your opinion before admitting to vaping and pulling out his vape. Um, uh, and then I hate when people try to trap you. I'm sorry. I'm just reacting yeah. in real time. No, please. I hate when people try to trap you in things like that. It's like the version of like, guess how old I am. No, like, I don't want to. No, really guess. Just I guess. I won't be offended. Too. Just guess. It's like, fuck off. No, it's a trap. And I hate it. It's rude. Okay. Here's maybe the, not the climax. I don't know. The waiter comes over and the man who said he could have one beer and still fly home orders a whiskey neat. This is when I started to figure out I was in trouble. He asked me when my last relationship ended and barely waited for me to finish to chime in that his engagement ended about a month ago. Red flag. Oh my God. And these are her, when I do red flag, it's her red flag in parentheses. Uh, the reason it ended came up again. I asked him something along the lines of, oh, you don't want to stay in the middle of nowhere forever, right? Wrong. Apparently his ex and her uncle conspired to get guy super drunk one night and he got mad at her over something and threw her phone at the wall red flag he claimed he had no idea why he did this they did this but then she broke it off because um she started claiming he was violent red flag this is scary he proceeds to tell me the reason he's broken can't afford anything is because they co-signed a bunch of loans together um she promised she'd pay him back never did which led them him to defaulting on these loans red flag and caps now um he orders a bloody mary of all things it was 10 p.m Sam looks at his phone and tells me there's a wind advisor and he's feeling a little too tired to fly home anyways. But he's a Marriott member and can get a room with his points with two beds. I have a dog back home and I do not want to be stuck in Richmond with a man overnight, so I'm opposite of thrilled. However, it's not like I can Uber home. He suggests it'll be a lot of fun. We can go get drunk and continue the night and then we'll wake up early and fly back. Feeling cornered, I reluctantly agree. There is a lot of problem. Sorry, I'm chiming in too. Like, this is this stressful. This is super problematic. Um, You know, I read the full thing and... I feel like the the beginning is like fun, but it is incredibly problematic. And it really we talk a lot about worst first dates as a light thing, but it's scary. This is really scary, you know? Yeah. Um so he he's like, I need a liquor store. They get the seven eleven has beer. I'm going to just fast forward a little bit. We picked up beers and didn't go out as he had promised. He suddenly realized he we had to return the loaner car. We like She's like, we headed back to the hotel to drink sad tall boys and watch the middle of a show I'd never seen before on Netflix. He asks me if I'll spoon him. Looking back, there are so many things I would have done differently, but I was young and dumb and in a vulnerable position. As I'm spooning him... He huffs at me and tells me to stop breathing on his neck. At some point, he proceeds to tell me, because he's in the military, he can read people really well. Clearly waiting for me to ask, I take the bait, saying, thinking he'll say something cute, wrong. He tells me everything, he thinks everything is wrong with me, everything he thinks is wrong with me. Uh, apparently, I experienced trauma in my life at the hands of my family, which made me move across the country, because no one just moves across the country to get away from their family. Neither of those things is true. I'm desperate for approval. This is our... Um, listener uh which is why i keep asking what he means when he asks anything um he tells me i am so desperate for a boyfriend that i'm willing to plug any man and make anything work plug in any man and make anything work he says he knows this because of my bumble profile which says i'm looking for something serious i told him he was wrong because i wasn't interested in him being my boyfriend at all he told me i was being defensive and asked what i thought about what he said so i told him he was wrong about all what he said and he laughed at me Somehow this conversation segued into him telling me about his fiance again and he tells me I have a lot of trauma surrounding sex because um th- okay this is so much like the whatever he's continuing to neg her when morning came I was lying awake ready to leave um you know he told me I had a shift at work and had to leave super early he slept in took an hour long shower while I went out into the hotel hallway and called my best friend crying Apparently, I wasn't chatty and fun anymore because he said, you're very quiet today. Did I make things awkward with our conversation last night? To which I told him, no, of course not, because this man was about to take me in a tiny metal death trap again. During the flight home, he nagged me some more and told me his sense of humor was over my head because he's British. I'm still not convinced he was actually British, but I can tell you for sure he was not funny. He asked if I had any other bad dates or just this one. It was like he was asking in a joking way as though the date was so great it couldn't possibly be bad. I told him about another bad date I had had that pales in comparison to this one. When we finally landed back in Pennsylvania, he speed, starts speed walking away because he's so late for work and tells me it's too bad he has to work today or we could have hung out again. The kiss of every bad date. It's like someone who like sort of oh, thinks it's good. My God. My jaw's on the floor, by the way. It is I'm being wild. quiet, but it's like my mouth has been open this whole time. I om- Yeah. Like everyone's okay. Like, But it's borderline needed a trigger warning. Um, I don't know. It's... 
He texted me that night, um, asked if he could tag along to my Super Bowl plans the next weekend. Like at 11 p.m. he texts her this. Uh, and she was Also inviting yourself I know. to... Ugh. She said, I'm glad you decided to text me. Honestly, I have very high self-esteem, so it takes a lot to make me feel bad about myself. But last night was horrible. I wish we hadn't gone to Virginia and maybe you would have had better luck if we had stayed in the city. But I'm not interested in seeing you again because you made me feel like absolute shit. Proceeded to block his number and block him on Bubble. Um, though I wish I had taken more screenshots first. I know this story is a whirlwind and it was a few weird years ago, so my details are a bit scattered. But I promise you it happened. Here's a cock snap, a cocky snap. <laughs> Sorry, no, not a cock snap, but it is of a cockpit. Here's a cocky snap I took inside of the cabin of the plane when I thought this date was still romantic and cute and didn't think my life was in danger. She sent us um, a cockpit photo, like a blurry cockpit photo. So it's like totally, yeah. A year later, my mom asked me, do you know what the dumbest thing you ever did was? You flew to another state with a man you had never met before. Keep in mind, she had previously gushed about how romantic it was with me a word of advice to anyone who ever visits a date in another city or agrees to go on some crazy quote-unquote adventure always make sure you can afford your own room or your own way home i fully realize this date could have gone so much worse than it did afterwards it was just a funny story i'd tell guys on first dates after i asked about their worst first date story but at the time it was truly scary Alyssa, you can use my name oh my god yeah that is so scary it's so scary i know it's just so I, scary I, yeah. that people like that are out there and they're like Oh, we're so pro dating on this podcast. And I thought about, you know, I hope I, I know this is like we haven't read a worst first date in a while. and It's generally lighter. So I hope like I, I do think it's important, though, just like as a reminder of how shitty people can be. And yeah, dating safely is important, whether it's a face condom like a mask or a real condom, but also like really thinking about where you can safely go and get yourself home and because we're all young like she's so self-aware she's talking about how young she felt at the time and like I apologize I couldn't read the entire entire thing but I get it I've been there like I've said things I didn't want to say just to get some approval and I don't know yes thank you for sharing we've all been there and we've all I mean I don't know I I can totally see myself doing the same thing being like oh my god he's gonna fly me somewhere it's like whatever like of course but god this is the thing it just sucks that we have to always be on the watch for people who are like gonna be creepy fucking weirdos and uh that's yeah. why it's hard to be a woman because you can never really let your guard down although can anyone ever really can anyone this is yep. a whole other question yada 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 but i'm really sorry you went through that i am glad you sent it to us because it was a whirlwind yeah i'm so happy you're okay and yeah i yeah I not to end on like a dark cautionary tale, but it is it's truly wild. We've never gotten a worst first date with someone flying another person in a plane, so Completely. that was quite unique. Yeah. Um anyway, well, we love, we love you. you. Don't go on planes. <laughs> Don't and- go on a date on a plane. <laughs> oh, you know, thank you for listening. As always, tell us, you know, what you'd like to hear more about, what you wouldn't, if you want to start going on some dates post-quarantine and let us know about them. Especially let us know if you have, you know, a less traditional dating experience and you want to test out new waters. I don't know. Like I was, you know, whatever your circumstance, if you feel like you want a platform, please let us know because we'd love to hear about your dating um, if you're dating yet because it might be all via Zoom and you might not want to talk about that. But anyway, we love you and thank you for rate, subscribe, reviewing. Uh, it brightens our day and is truly helpful as we reach out to new guests and continue to bring on really cool people. Um, yeah. Completely. And we love you so much. And and stay inside. Stay inside and don't go on a date. Don't, don't go on a date. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.